to Bonavista, episode 183. I am Ben, and I am here at the live broadcast of the 2021 Triple J Hottest 100, where it's time to reveal number seven on the countdown. No surprise to anyone, it's Durry Fuckwit by the Bong Cunts. <laughs> Tune. With me here in the booth is my co-host Lucy, who is 20 years old and thinks Billy Joe Armstrong is an astronaut. Hi, Lucy. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking g'day. Is that what the kids are saying? What are the kids saying Do kids say g'day? (laughs) We have no way of finding out. I don't know. I think they say um, Uh, they've got a cool way of saying hello that we don't know. Yeah, that we don't know because we're not cool. Um, Big yeet to you, Ben. like south london accents now and they're saying all right mate to each other that's that's what okay, kids do well all right all right all, mate. all right mate to you as well oh what's that uh we've got someone calling in from what we can tell he's shirtless in a clamshell pool 20 udls deep has severe sunstroke has taken something he believes to be mdma but is so far only making his hands go numb and he's having the time of his life hello andrew am i on the radio yeah mate you're on the radio mate what I'm on the radio. How, mate? Yeah, you're on Triple J, mate. How you doing? Oh, oh sick one. Oh, it's sick, isn't it? You have a bit of a party with your mates, are you, mate? I'm on the radio. Oh, yeah, I'm on the radio. Oh, Andrew, mate. Yeah, you're on the radio, mate. <laughs> Tell me, mate. Are you having a good time? Oh, I'm having a sick one, mate. Oh, oh sick, oh. mate. That's sick. I bet you're pretty loose, hey? Oh, we're getting so loose. We're having a sick party. Just listen to the hottest 100. Yeah, I'm mate. so fucking stoked to hear what number six is. Hey, mate, just got a no swearing on the radio. Sorry, mate. But um, oh, yeah, sorry, we're pretty, pretty excited too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's it going to be? What do you reckon? What's your pick for number one? Oh, I reckon it's going to be... Um, oh... Ooh. <laughs> yeah, a bit oh. tough, isn't it, mate? Yeah. Oh, they're all so good. Yeah. <laughs> I, re- I reckon it's going to be Get On The Beers Remix by <laughs> Mashton Kutcher. <laughs> Mashton Kutcher. It's a pun. Um, it's a pun on uh, Ashton Kutcher and the, the mash tun, the, the part of the brewing process where you put stuff in a mash tun. Mm. Oh, yeah. I'm 22 and I remember mashups. Uh, yeah, I love um, I love when you take a song from, like you take a clip from the news and then you make a song around it. What the fuck is wrong with Victorians? Like, I get that lockdown was Don't hard. put this on us, as if I you understand. guys wouldn't do the same fucking what? thing. Come yeah, on. People from trauma. fucking Sydney are voting for fucking get on the beers? That was yes, entirely... Yes, I do. Oh, it's disgusting. Grow up, you 19-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't. I can't do radio. I can't do radio. Even like I get in the car and Elna's left Triple J on and I'm like, that's fine. I'll leave it alone until I get to the shops, which is a two minute drive. And halfway there, mm. like mashing buttons. I don't want to be one of these people that's talking about the Triple J Hottest 100, but it is genuinely <laughs> astounding to me that I can like hear whatever is in the top five. And I've never heard that song <laughs> in my entire life. I have no idea what that is. I think not that's a, good. Not that a single, feels good to me. <laughs> not a single My Bloody Valentine song among them, right, Lucy? <laughs> In fact, Machine Gun Kelly was up there, so let's just <laughs> let's just calm down a little bit. <laughs> oh, it was very funny recently when we were hanging out, and Lucy was like, "No, no, but Machine Gun Kelly's doing like <laughs> pop punk now, so I think he's pretty cool." Well, when you say um, My Bloody Valentine, yeah. What's the band you picture? Oh, no. I'm, yeah. uh, have I got the wrong band? <laughs> I think Definitely. you do. Were you thinking yeah. My Chemical Romance? 
No, although that also applies to Lucy. Hmm. Probably well, I'm just so, going to have really. to sit here and take this, I suppose. Oh, no. Oh, no Lucy's a massive shoegaze fan, so no, yeah, actually, probably, yeah. Shoegaze head. I definitely know what that is and what it sounds uh, like. Yeah, she likes gazing at shoes online before she hits the purchase button. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <sighs> <laughs> I actually sat and watched her do that, so that's that is that's about valid. shoegaze. I'm okay, very into shoegaze. That's weird. You just like sit there over a lap over her shoulder watching on a laptop. Yeah, she just it. got this glazed expression, and then after 40 minutes, she says, "Look at all the colours on these sneakers." <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Having a boy over to my house, and I'm like, "You like shoegaze?" And he's like, "Yeah, I like shoegaze." Me <laughs> too. Gaze at these. <laughs> Have a bloody gander at these, then. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're about to spend a really confused two hours the rest of this date. <laughs> we're doing it now. We're gazing at the Oh boy. Mashed and Kutcher. Mashed and Kutcher, yes. That's oh, is right. it, it's wait, it's two people. Yeah. So it's it's let me let me spell this out for the folks at home. I think uh, they might get it by now. No, well, no I wanna I wanna do the spelling. You know. I wanna do the spelling. Uh, uh Mashed yeah. is spelled M-A-S-H-D. Get out of here, letter E. We don't need you. We're trimming things down. The letter N, capital N, Kutcher, which you may be familiar from the aforementioned Ashton Kutcher. Mm. The television show Punked. Makes me me think of like... What what era what era was like girl talk thriving? I don't know. Mm. A long time, time ago, is right? Meaningless but what to I me. do know is that I want you to look in the chat and I want you to look at a photo of Mashed N Kutcher. Oh no. Sorry, mashed. it's uh, taking a while to upload there. Mashed N. And as we know, we love pictures on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um hmm. Just have a little look there. <sighs> Here's the thing. What, they're both wearing ties, which at least lets you know that uh, they're, they're taking this music business. business seriously. Yeah, but it's a skinny tie and a bow tie. Which is like, that's not a business tie. Very confused tie. by the outfits here. Is, it, is this doing irony? So, sort of bomber jackets, I guess you'd describe those mm. as. Maybe vinyl-ish bomber jackets. And uh, one has a long skinny tie and one has a bow tie. Yeah, because you, you have to have a thing. It's like how the the guys from Arnie Donna all have they one of them wears just a shirt, one of mm. them has a tie, one of them has an open collar button shirt, so you can tell them apart. Also, Mark doesn't wear shoes for some reason. Deeply yeah. troubling. Put shoes yeah. on. Oh H and S. Safety first. Just get some shoes. Bye. Right, so that's been Mashton Kutcher corner. <laughs> yep. Um, like just Dan Andrews apparently, I think, acknowledged it. He was like, oh, yeah, pretty pretty sick. He didn't say that. That's not how he talks. <laughs> I enjoy, <laughs> cool. I, I've enjoyed a beer from time to time. I like the beers as much as everyone else, but we need to take this coronavirus pandemic seriously. That's my impression of Dan Andrews. That's a great Dan Andrews impression. I feel like kissing you right now because <laughs> I just fucking love Dan Andrews, you know? You just hear the name Dan now. Just Ooh. Launched into a state of haughtiness that is unsustainable. That's right. It just really gets me going. Dan Aykroyd. Oh, close enough. <laughs> you've only you've only got to get through that first syllable, Dan, and I'm like, I'm there. Hey, That's uh, how I feel about Chief Health Officer Jeanette Young. Oof. 
Thank she you, Queensland Chief Health Officer Jeanette Young, for keeping us safe. Is she the hot health officer with the grey hair? I don't yes. judge women based on their appearance. I judge them based on what they do. And she has kept Queensland safe. Hmm. Fair enough. Uh, here's my favourite fact about Ashton Kutcher's TV show, Punked. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. He made Zach Braff look like an asshole that one time. <laughs> <laughs> so, th- so this is the, the origins. This is Punked Origins. If... <laughs> If you want to get into that. So this is from Wikipedia. Uh, originally, Ashton Kutcher and MTV were developing a program called Harassment. Great start. <laughs> oh, it's going well then. <laughs> <laughs> called Harassment, a hidden camera show which would feature pranks on regular people. However, a January 2002 prank involving a fake dead body at the Hard Rock Hotel in Las Vegas backfired and the couple who were targets of the prank sued Kutcher, MTV and the hotel for $10 million. Yep, good call on that one. The concept was later retooled to involve celebrities instead. Yeah, because you can't, you can't punch down on celebrities. Yeah. Which is awesome. You can like, arrest celebrities as much say, as Say, for you example, like. you keyed Zach Braff's car, his Porsche... It doesn't matter. That's He's got a million dollars. That's not a lot of money. He's got millions and millions of dollars. He can get another Porsche. He also he could, sucks, he could, so it's just funny. He's very bad, isn't he? <laughs> he would immediately crowdfund another Porsche. Oh. Remember Remem- that? Remember yeah. the Zach Braff crowdfund? Oh, what a time. Yeah, because you're locked out from the traditional structures of finance, Zach Braff. Yeah. You fuck. How's- Thank you for making the shins famous. Everything else, go fuck yourself. Oh. Movie has not aged well. Mm. No, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> sure, it hasn't. I like. But I didn't. Th- I didn't think it was good at the start, and it's aged. <laughs> Garden State has aged even more poorly. I would love to watch it again because I also didn't think it was good at the start, and I assume oh. it's very bad now. It's- Imagine if you went back and you were like, "I fucking love this." It's like if um, it it seems like a man who did not have proper access to therapy, like. He's a man trying to convey that he's very, very sad, and the only way he can do it, because he's super rich, is to make a very self-indulgent movie about it, whereas the right. rest of us would maybe, like, tell a friend. Mm. Instead of making the movie Garden State, I would reach out to someone and say, hey, I'm not doing well right now. But he mm. instead made the movie Garden State, and I, I think that's where he fucked up. Mm. Really messed up on that one. Mm-hmm. It's also kind of embarrassing to write and make a movie that is like your idea of of what like ideal relationships are like, and then for it to literally become the trope for movies about like a woman who is too good for you coming <laughs> along and putting up with all of your stupid shit when she absolutely shouldn't. The the manic pixie dream girl was like directly from from Garden State, wasn't it? Well, I mean, it's been like a thing for like a long time, but it was pretty well heavily like that. Like that, like crystallized yeah. the yeah. the form. That, and fucking Five Hundred Days of Summer was another like perfect one of those. Although you could argue that, that maybe more. its whole thesis was that that's not enough and that's not how that really works. That's right. But, but it's also a bad movie. Hard to say. Oh, I, I will defend Five Hundred Days of Summer. When I was the last time you watched it? it? All the time. I it <laughs> Watching it now. All the time, every you day. You can't no, have scorn for Garden State and then come out to bat yes, for Five Hundred Days of Summer. Five Hundred Days of Summer is deliberately going against that trope. That's mm. the idea of it. Anyways, oh, I'll fight look, you in, an Ikea. in a fist Ooh. fight over this one someday. Right, fair enough. KFC car park. You and me. One hour. <laughs> <laughs> Meet you in um, the. Yep. Sun Coast, the the 
Sunny yeah. Coast. Which uh-huh. one's that one? <laughs> that's the north one. Yeah, right, that's the better yeah. of the two. So that's cool. a good call. Meet yeah. you there in one Go hour. To the fucking Malulabar KFC, and uh, you can beat the shit out of me. Oh. <laughs> and he won't get off on it. He swears. No, no, it's not a weird thing. I'm just yeah. saying I'm not a fighter. Yeah, if I don't seem like I'm putting up a fight, if there's a big smile on my face through the whole thing, it's just because <laughs> he I'm, respects women. It's because you know? I'm thinking about a happy memory from earlier in my life. <laughs> lying, lying on the ground, getting stomped on, thinking about how much he's empowering a woman right now. <laughs> I'm a generous man. <laughs> I feel like the one of the most persistent like underlying currents of disagreement in my marriage is uh, <laughs> that I don't want to go to KFC. You don't, why don't you want to go to... Uh, why don't you want to go to KFC? It's dog shit, that's why. Uh, I, I've disagree. said this on the podcast before, but it's the thing I miss the most. <laughs> I think about KFC all the time. So Every time bad. I drive past a KFC, I'm just like, fuck, I could eat some KFC. <laughs> Any Anytime I get fried chicken, I'm always like, I would love it if this was wetter. I would yeah. love it if someone yes. just gave this a quick yes. spray with a hose yeah. before mm. they served it to me. Exactly. Why are you saying this like it's... You sound like you're being sarcastic. What I want... Is an eleven or whatever numbers these come in a hundred piece <coughs> bucket of chicken, and I want no one to look at me, and I want to just slowly eat it over the course of seven hours while I'm high out of my mind on the couch watching RoboCop. I just want a box that has every possible item from the menu in it. You the just super like box. they put a name on a box. You don't even have to know what's in it. They're just gonna throw whatever they've got in the kitchen in a box for you, and I think that's beautiful. The yeah, let, let me get a let me get a large variety trough. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a one of everything, thank you. Just throw it all in a fucking bucket. No, they don't need to be separated from each other. Just tip the coleslaw in there. D- can we agree on this? Dirtiest restaurants in the game. Probably. Like the inside of the restaurants? Yes. Yeah. We have a very few, uh, sorry, like a bunch of quite classy upmarket KFCs here. Really? They're very clean inside, yeah. I feel like everyone who works at KFC here is barely 14 and a half years old. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they won't employ anyone over the age of 15 at KFC. Oh yeah, yeah that's so they're, 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 they're 15-year-old manager. <laughs> the 15-year-old manager will not be enforcing any of the rules. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Just I feel like every every KFC I step into, the bins are completely full and overflowing out the front down onto the ground. Hungry Jack's is never in a good state. No, Hungry Jack's is always filthy. Like, it feels like the entire, like, every surface you could possibly touch is adhesive. A little sticky? A little sticky? Yeah. 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 Mm, sticky place. That's yeah, part of the appeal. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I like it when my food doesn't move on the table. Thank you very much. Yeah. When I accidentally knock something over. Instead, you want to bump your burger and have it remain completely stationary on the table. <laughs> if anything, you want to knock your burger with your hand and the bottom part stays attached to the table and everything else goes flying off. Actually, maybe I'll revise this and say the filthiest uh, fast food joints in the country are always the ones on highways between uh, major cities. Oh, mm-hmm. when I'm mm-hmm. saying Hungry Jacks, I'm specifically picturing the <laughs> gimpy Hungry Jacks. Uh, which I've eaten at thousands of times and is nasty as fuck. Yeah, I feel like there's always one of those like roadside centers that will stop at a, a McDonald's or a Hungry Jack's or whatever between like here in Victoria when we go and see family and stuff. And every time you just like, none of these tables have seen a cloth in many, many moons. Sad business. Walking yeah. around try- just trying to find a table you can <laughs> you can slide in at. If you just bring your own like pressure cleaner, you can probably easily solve that problem. Just walk yeah, in, true. blitz it's, a well, table. Ah, oh, perfect. And it is all the kind of furniture that you could just pressure wash. 
Yeah, and I think that's on purpose. Yeah. Oh man, the fucking the Hungry Jacks in Queen Street Mall, Brisbane's Queensland's most famous Hungry Jacks. Uh, that is a nightmare fucking place. <laughs> uh, they the sort of upstairs eating area there uh, is never seen by staff ever. <laughs> yes. Right, I'm and picturing is- Swanston Street McDonald's. Which does no longer exist, but it's probably the same. Oh, rips. I was going to say the, the Swanson Street Hungry Jacks also has an upstairs which has never been visited by staff. Right. That's where I used to hang out when I was an emo kid. All the emo kids used to hang out up there. That's, that's <laughs> what uh, Queen Street Mall Hungry Jacks is famous for being a gathering spot for goths and emos. <laughs> okay, uh, even got- now, it is 2021 and like there will be 14-year-old goths outside. You kind of want to just go up and be like, thank you for keeping the flame alive. Yeah, I see a lot of them in Melbourne lately. A lot of young goths. It's really beautiful. They're Welcome still hanging out on the Flinders Street steps. Run free. What's up with the kids? <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> I, if you're I, a child, let us know. <laughs> I would more like to know what is it about Hungry Jacks that attracts the young goth? Is it the misery? <laughs> is it? <laughs> I think it's a convenient meet-up location. And also the delicious food. And the free refills. Do they have free refills? I mean, last time I went to the Hungry Jacks when they did have free refills was like nine years ago. So, hard to say. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, they often have Hungry Jacks at an airport. Oh, God, there he is. <laughs> they really it do be like that, though. They do. It's it always do. the Hungry Jacks there. <laughs> I'm always going to the, the Brisbane airport one before I fly anywhere. That's my little dip into that Hungry Jacks. I would love, I would love for an American to go to an Australian airport and walk up to one of the Krispy Kremes that is in an Australian airport. And hear how much a donut costs? And order one donut (laughs) and then faint when they hear that it costs like $18. What sick fucks are getting a fucking Krispy Kreme at the airport? Because obviously it's a viable business model for them. Mm. But no one I know is purchasing them. It's fucking disgusting. And Filthy. you go and say, let me, let me get a dozen donuts. And they go, you will need a second mortgage on your house. <laughs> We're going to get you to talk to our finance guy sitting at the desk over there. <laughs> He's got the green visor on. <laughs> I can't believe they're selling them for that price still when you can get them in a 7-Eleven. They're not a fancy donut anymore. They're not exciting anymore. <laughs> Apart from that, was, weren't people lining up for free Krispy Kremes? We talked about this on the podcast. During the yeah. pandemic. Ago. 100%. Yes, yes. Ryan. Yeah. Insane behavior. Mm. And then Krispy Kreme were like, Krispy Kreme were like, uh, we didn't really think about that before we did it. <laughs> oh, coronavirus. That's oh. right. I just oh. remembered. Novel coronavirus. COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We thought it had been pretty quiet. That's why... Uh, we were trying to come up with some initiatives, get people in the stores. We, uh, we haven't been reading saying. the news. Too busy inflating the prices of our donuts. <laughs> Terrible donuts. I'm anti Krispy Kreme, putting it out there officially. Hey, uh, Dunkin' Donuts, you've been put on blast. <laughs> uh, and look, we can we can consider which airport foods we would like to eat on a long term basis. After talking about this next story, uh, a little bit of plainly speaking. Uh, this is your captain speaking. Please return your seats to their upright positions as we are coming in hot on another edition of Plainly Speaking. Lucy, I believe there's a news story about a man who was living your dream. He sure was. I mean, it probably wasn't that great for him, to be honest. But um, <laughs> just so everyone gets to hear the great headlines that Ben puts in the notes. Not necessary. That's it's just like, for us. <laughs> it's like that Tom Hanks movie, The Man Who Lived in an Airport. <laughs> Remember that? I think it won an award. Classic flick. 
Can't yep. remember what it was called. The airport, perhaps, something like that. Uh, <laughs> the terminal. <laughs> it I was think. called The Terminal. It's a good movie. It's very enjoyable. I, I was reading an interview with Tom Hanks that was like scanned out of a newspaper in 1985, uh, where like he had just done Splash and volunteers and stuff like that, and um, and they were asking him about doing sequels because Ron Howard immediately wanted to do a sequel to Splash, and mm-hmm. he was being asked about sequels to his other movies, and he was like. No, I, I mean, you know, obviously it depends on the thing you're doing. Uh, these last couple of movies I've shot, I feel like the story is just done. And he was like, Mad Max. Now, there is a there is a franchise that has all of this scope to keep expanding and having more movies. And I was like, look at you in 1985, Tom Hanks. Really Hanks understanding right. the scope and scale of the of the Mad Max concept. Good for Tom Hanks. Thank you for that Tom Hanks anecdote. <laughs> <laughs> He's truly America's sweetheart. <laughs> truly is. All right. Well, this is from... Remember how he was the, uh, the first high-profile coronavirus case in Australia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I forgot that Tom Hanks had coronavirus. On the Gold well. Coast? It's amazing. <laughs> this has been Tom Hanks' corner. Um, you want to hear about this airport guy or fucking what? Well, I'd love yeah, to, I guess. please. Very much so. Uh, this is from NPR. Man allegedly hid from coronavirus and authorities in Chicago airport for three months. One of those <laughs> probably easier to hide from. Like, you could see authorities coming. You're not, like, looking at particles of coronavirus and being like, duck! Yeah, I don't know if you can... Also, hiding from coronavirus in the airport? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> California man was arrested Saturday and accused of hiding in a restricted area of Chicago's O'Hare International Airport for three months. The man told police that COVID-19 had rendered him too scared to travel home to California. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. So he hid in the airport, not a great place to be hiding from COVID, surviving on food provided by strangers. United Airlines staff spotted 36-year-old Aditya Singh and requested identification. They said he removed his mask and presented a badge which belonged to an airport operations manager who reported it missing last mm-hmm. October, <laughs> according to the Chicago Tribune. That's wild. So he's just... Found this badge, I guess. It's like I work at the airport now. I work at the airport, and they're like, "Sure." Uh, Singh faces felony charges of criminal trespass in a restricted area of an airport, as well as misdemeanor theft charges. Oh, let a man live. Let him live. What's he doing? Also, what's a restricted area really? Where is he living? I'm curious. Oh, here's a big airport. Where are you hanging out, bro? <laughs> we're, we're, in, we're an anti-borders podcast and also an anti-signs on doors that tell you you can't go in there podcast. <laughs> exactly. Hey, my tax dollars pay for this airport. That's right. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I should be able to go anywhere. I'm, I am probably like, if I was allowed to go into the restricted areas of anywhere, I got like a free pass for one place, airport should be right up there. Like, I'm Definitely. so fucking curious. I want to go he- behind the scenes at an airport so fucking bad. Is he hanging out somewhere where he can see planes? You know, is he having the time of his life in there? Because this sounds like the life. Do you think you're wondering whether he can see planes at the airport? Yeah, but I mean, I mean, like if he's like got a good view of the planes, you know? Oh, my God. Where is he hanging out? Also, O'Hare is pretty good. Got that beautiful light tunnel at O'Hare. It's one of my favorite airports. The, the what? It's a big, beautiful rainbow light tunnel between terminals. Just look up the that. O'Hare Light Tunnel. I don't know what it's called. It's very nice. O'Hare Light Hole. Sure. Um, you see, it, it could be a truly cruel irony here. It could either be that he's um, that he's living uh, Lucy's fantasy of, like, uh, you know, being 
locked in a toy store after hours <laughs> and getting to run around and do whatever you want, except it's an airport. That's what I'm picturing. Uh, scampering around in the cargo hold of an A380. Uh, all <laughs> kinds of fun stuff. Or he's just like back in the restricted area that is just like a series of hallways and storage closets and like employee well, lounges. People are getting food for him. So I assume he's wandering the airport. Yeah, just just going places, you know. Um, so, yeah, so I guess he gets to come out and watch planes, like Tom Hanks in that movie, The Man sure. Who Lived in an Airport. So, he's done nothing wrong so far, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, Cook County Judge Susanna Ortiz set bail at $1,000. She also said if he came out with the money, he would be prohibited from returning to the airport. Oh, boo. How's he going to get home? That's rude. Yeah. Um, the hearing took place Sunday where the judge was concerned that an individual had remained undetected in a secure area for so long. And fair enough. <laughs> the court finds these facts and circumstances quite shocking for the alleged period of time that this occurred, Ortiz said. Being in a secured part of the airport under a fake ID badge, allegedly, based upon the need for airports to be absolutely secure so that people feel safe to travel, I do find these alleged ag- actions do make him a danger to the community. Psst. What, of picking up a pass some dipshit dropped on the ground? Oh, yeah. I'm getting the vibe that the judge isn't, isn't too mad. She's uh, only the, set bail at $1,000 and then yeah. prohibited him from the airport? I don't know. I would, uh... I think people need to start coming up with ways to do, like, um... You know, you know the whole, like, ethical hacker thing? No. Yes. <laughs> One of you likes computers. <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. So, so ethical ethical hacking is basically people who uh, hack into systems and people's accounts and all that sort of stuff, but then immediately disclose either to the organization or corporation or government body or whatever. Like if you find out there's like a vulnerability in, say, a dick cage that locks onto your penis. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. To immediately tell the company and the wider community, hey, I have found this security vulnerability and this is what you should try and do to fix it. Um, or or the guy who uh, the guy who hacked Donald Trump's Twitter password by guessing that it was MAGA 2020. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and he did the same thing, which was he immediately just like, you know, turned the account back over and said, hey, you should try doing a real password. And also, I don't know, get, get him a password manager, whatever it might be. So this man is ethically hacking the airport to airport security, s- yeah, expose yeah, that, their security flaws. Mm-hmm. Yes, people, people should find a good way to then turn around and say, ah, I have helped you out by exposing these security vulnerabilities over a long time, but not doing anything malicious uh, during that. I didn't, I didn't steal food or anything. You know, and then the judge should be like, "Thank you, sir. Let us uh, get you a hovercraft back home because you're scared of planes now." (laughs) Hovercrafts, pretty cool. Yep. Anyway, respect to this guy. Did nothing wrong. (laughs) No. Three months too. I'm impressed. It's pretty funny. How many change of clothes you reckon he had? Oh, I mean, he'd been travelling, so probably had a suitcase full of stuff. I like to think he was just uh, killing security guards out the back. Putting you outfit every day, which is not a crime. Not a he, crime. He was doing he was doing hitman missions. Exactly. Just <laughs> pile, piling up say. bodies in a big walk-in fridge with the every different little day. security outfits out the back. Another guy walks in, and says, "Uh oh, something's going on," and then he gets killed. <laughs> Donk. Yeah. 
No, you, well, it'd be fun though because you could you could kill a different person every day and take their outfit and then go and do something fun that day. You know, put get put on the chef's hat. It's an get, official get recommendation kitchen. from this podcast. Yep, live at an airport and live a different life every day by killing a different person there and putting their clothes on. Then putting their clothes on. Yep. If you can find a way to do it without killing anybody, uh, more power to you. But we haven't sorted that out yet. For all of our ingenuity, mm-hmm. nothing works quite as well as doing the thing where you put one hand on the back of the person's head and the other one on their chin. Quick clockwise rotation. Snap the neck. They fall to the floor. Uh, you immediately start taking their pants off. <laughs> <laughs> and then after a minute, you're like, oh, yeah, the clothes. And you take their clothes. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, that's that could be your life, Lucy, you know? Well, I'm thinking about it. Um, I don't know what airport would really be worth it here, though. Canberra Airport. Living in the Canberra Airport. Harvey Bay Airport. <laughs> Asking strangers to give you a Krispy Kreme, getting told to fuck off. Is there even a Krispy Kreme at the Canberra Airport? There is. Mm, cool. Krispy Kreme, then. Drink at that one bar, and uh, what else is in there? That's it. That's pretty much it. There's like go, a go bar into the bookstore and flip through the magazines. You know. Yep. Exciting stuff. Hi, everybody. It's me. It's Theo. Now, I guarantee you, I'm more afraid of recording this promo than you are of listening to it. So, hear me out. If you haven't already, maybe check out our Patreon. It's a great way to support the show, and it gives us the ability to actually dedicate time to this thing. You'll get all of our bonus episodes, that's over 300 extra episodes in total, and we'll set up a feed over there with none of these promos, so you won't have to hear this ever again. You'll also get access to our Discord, uh, which honestly has turned into a a nice and funny place full of mostly normal people to hang out with. So that's patreon.com slash buntavista. Check it out. Ben! (laughs) What? Hey, Andrew. (laughs) What's uh? What, what is this next? What's this next item? Do you well, want to explain? What an incredible some? segue! Um, do you reckon you could just uh, smack your hand on the big nature corner theme there for me? Well, yeah, I wasn't sure whether Great it was. Great segue, Ben. What's this? And then I actually, sorry. What I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to get you to do that, and then perfectly at the end of it, also play the Dutch corner theme. Okay, and then uh, and then you can just edit this whole chunk out. And yeah, we'll absolutely. Be... I'm going to do that. Country roads take me home. Hey, come and come and check me out in my uh, my DJ act, Mashton Kutcher. <laughs> this is from DutchNews.nl, the one and only source of Dutch news for this podcast. As far as I can tell, yes, I'm not getting the news from anywhere else. Uh, Natural History Museum bags electrifying new addition to collection. I'm the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the stone martin, which plunged much much of the Achterhoek in Gelderland. <laughs> Into darkness on Tuesday morning by making its way into an electricity substation, killing itself in the event, has joined the Rotterdam Naturhistorisch Museum's collection of dead animals with a story. 
wonder what naturhistorisch means. <laughs> <laughs> could be, well, could, could be, be anything. anything. <laughs> no one knows how the animal managed to get into the substation. But once inside, it short-circuited three 10,000-volt transformers, leaving the inhabitants of uh, Borculo, Rurlo, Marienvelde, Beltram, and Nida in the dark for some hours. Now, when they say no one knows how it got in, I figure it probably found a hole and crawled through. Probably. Like, it's not like it used burglar's tools mm. or catapulted itself onto the roof or anything. What how animal mysterious has done could this? It be? A stone mutton. What? That's not a real thing. So it's sort of like a pine mutton, um, but it's a stone mutton. It's like a little weaselly ferret type son of a bitch. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's, look at them. It's, it's, fucking cute it's really shit. cute, and I'm sad. I'm sad that it got nuked. Are in, in peace to this wonderful little creature. Please open a search oh, engine of the show, no. DuckDuckGo. If you Google Stone Martin, the second image that comes up, at least for me, is this dead Stone Martin that oh, we're no. talking about. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, it's like a little mongoose. Oh, yeah, it's adorable. like a little mongoose ferret weasel type deal. They're so cute. Oh, he's precious. <laughs> I'm so sad that he died. <laughs> it did at, not least, take... uh, at least he died doing something important, <laughs> inconveniencing the Dutch. Thank you for your service. It did not take museum curator Brian Langeveld long to scoop up the animal for the museum's collection, where, once out of the museum fridge and prepared, it will join other hapless victims of electrical and other mishaps. We have quite a lot of... Oh, sorry. Um, we have quite a lot of experience with electrocuted <laughs> animals in our collection. A typical characteristic is the smell of singed hair. This stone marten also had that unmistakable smell, Langeveld said. Man. <laughs> they are strange people. You, you know the smell we're all familiar with of a, of a whole animal you have burned. Everybody knows the smell of a burned animal. <laughs> the stone mud has no pelt or whiskers left to speak of, and its cramped posture and charred feet speak of the enormous heat to which it was exposed, Langeveld said. It must have died instantaneously and is not likely to have suffered, he also said. Director of the museum, Keys Muliker, is happy with the, the new edition. It's another sad but illustrative instance of the clash between people and animals. Even now, in 2021, this hapless stone marten reminds us that we should pay more attention to the wildlife around us. Oh, that is so true. Thank you, Keys. Thank you, Keys. <laughs> the high-voltage stone marten, as it has been dubbed, <laughs> will be joining the CERN marten, which paralyzed the Large Hadron Collider in Switzerland. <laughs> And the Groninger Electromartin, which plunged the teaching hospital of the provincial capital into darkness. Oh my what God. are these guys doing? Martins are going wild out there. Something's going down with, with Martins. Oh, there's, there's more. Clearly a huge security vulnerability for this country, which is that they need to Stone stop Martins. they need to stop <laughs> propping the back door open with a brick. Catch up your <laughs> holes, please. Uh, the collection is also home to the electrocuted Verdistwif blackout pigeon. Which affected street lighting in Friesland, Ameland, and Terschling. Uh, it's also home to the Geschockte Rat, the shocked rat, <laughs> which gnawed through the cables providing electricity to some 9,000 households in Zeevolder and disrupted mobile phone signals in January last year. These are all like. These are all like within 12 months. What the fuck is going on? What is happening over there? 
the first addition to the collection in 2021 is the face mask girl, which was hit by a car and was found to have the elastic band of a carelessly discarded face mask wrapped around one of its feet. Oh, that oh. one's just sad. That's just yeah. a bird that got some litter on it and died. The Rotterdam Naturhistorisch will not reopen until the lockdown is over, but meanwhile, the collection can be enjoyed online. Enjoy is see some really doing some lifting, animals. Though. Yeah. Everybody gather around the computer. Come on, children. It is time to look at this burnt-as-fuck weasel. <laughs> Unfortunately, you cannot smell it through the computer. <laughs> I will burn some of my own hair to simulate the smell. Mm. Close your eyes, children. It's like you are there. <laughs> We're going to get stone martins on our side. They're doing work. They are doing the praxis that we only dream of. That's right. And they're so cute. Oh. So cute. I hope that that Stone Martin is feasting well in the halls of Valhalla. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so too. Accidentally knocking out their electricity somehow. <laughs> I am picturing like comically shocked animals too, with their hair standing oh, up. Like, like young like Yahoo style. Yahoo serious. <laughs> oh, no. I wonder what kind of fuse box they got in Valhalla. I think they're operating on a like whale oil lamps kind of basis up there. Oh, okay. That's yeah. my assumption. I don't know. I'm not an expert on uh, the Norse afterlife. <laughs> I wonder if that requires uh, whales to also die and go to Valhalla. I believe every whale deserves to go to Valhalla. But do I they have to Valhalla's die like... Valhalla's only whales. It's pure whales out there. <laughs> you get up there, you're the one person. <laughs> like the uh, one person that's been whales. Whales. <laughs> A lot more whales than I thought would be here. <laughs> Valhalla. This, this ratio is way off. I believe that's what Valhalla is Norse for. It's, it's short whale. for whale hole. Whale hole. So it's a real blubber party in here. <laughs> oh boy. Continuing Nature Corner. Uh, this is from United Press Internationale. Mm-hmm. I've chosen to say it that way for fun. Yeah, it's an American company, I'm pretty sure, but <laughs> that's the well, fun way to say it. Loose cow in Massachusetts captured after six months. <laughs> We're all Damn. over him. He's been having fun like the airport guy. Good <laughs> for him or her. Killing Sorry. security guards, <laughs> putting their clothes on. Uh, a cow that was on the loose in a Massachusetts town for more than six months was finally lured into a trailer. <laughs> It's had, like, the entire police force on this for half a year. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. I want a perimeter set up. <laughs> Every average cow can walk one kilometer per hour. He has been gone for half an hour. He could be anywhere within 500 meters. <laughs> he's gone. Did you see the body? Then he's not gone. Dartmouth Animal Control said the black cow escaped from a farm in Westport last June and repeatedly evaded capture by fleeing <laughs> into wooded areas. I'm, I don't know. I've seen cows. They don't go that fast. They don't flee. That is not really how I describe flee. it. It may be meandered into some wooded areas. Had a cows. little jaunty walk. Yeah. They see someone and go, oh, I'm, I'm going the other way now. <laughs> oh, I guess over here. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> The perp is strolling towards the wooded area. <laughs> he was 15 metres 15 meters to your west. He is now 16 metres to your west. 
you're west. I don't understand how directions work. He's eating a daisy. Get him. <laughs> Quote, unless we get people calling us and letting us know where this cow is going, I really can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Animal Control Officer Sandra Cosselin told the Dartmouth Week in June. It's like looking for a needle in a haystack. Yeah, but imagine your needle weighs like 400 kilos. <laughs> just, there's probably literal haystacks out there. This cow is much bigger than those haystacks. Because <laughs> the thing about the whole needle in a haystack metaphor is it's, it's something very small. Mm, it's in smaller the, in, than the hay itself. Yeah, and it's also in the midst of, you know, a lot of hay. Whereas, you know, you put a you put a cow anywhere up to 100 meters away from me. I can spot it. You put a cow in a forest, it's still like not going to be able to hide behind a tree. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'll I be like, like, oh, what? there's the cow. That's a cow right there. I can see it because it's huge and it's a cow. Ah, there's the back third and the front third of a cow. <laughs> I'm going to assume there's a middle third behind that tree. Just loving the idea of this woman receiving calls from journalists and being like, what do you want me to do about it? You know? Control the animals? That's not my job. Ah, fuck. (laughs) Walking into the forest and seeing the cow behind a tree and going, could be anything. Could could be people doing pantomime (laughs) and I can't get involved in that. I need to just back away slowly. My house... Oh, sorry. Uh... Local resident Cara Xavier said the cow spent many of the ensuing months wandering on her property, which is set back in a wooded area. It's just, it's just been walking around. It's not like looking for a needle in a haystack. It's in Cara's backyard. Also, the fact that she's kept spotting it. Like, you know where the cow is. There's that cow. It's on your property. <sighs> hey, that cow no one can find is there again. Oh, well. <laughs> and if you spotted the cow, how how hard would it be to just like, you know... Walk down there and just just lead it up to your place. Like, put, in the, put it in the garage. You know, extremely easy. It's unbelievably easy. Hmm. Uh, my house is set way back in the woods, and the only other house back here is my sister's. Xavier's old South Coast today. My twenty-one month old would look out the window for it, and my sister's three and a half year old twins would also look for it. Well, good. They got their best people on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, we've got a, a two-year-old and some three-year-olds, and we reckon we're really going to nail this one. They're both uh, animal-controlled deputies, I believe. <laughs> Animal Control said the Westport farmer relinquished his rights to the cow and has since moved away from the area. It seems something so ceremonial about that phrasing to me. <laughs> I hereby renounce this cow and all claim to this cow. This is a free cow now. I like the idea that this guy was so tortured by this cow that they could not capture that he just quit farming. He's moved away. Fuck He's it. quit farming. <laughs> left his wife. Fuck this cow. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck all cows. I'm done. I'm going to go drive a city bus. The cow was captured in a trailer at the end of a month-long operation. <laughs> What the fuck? Like, they got the trailer out, and then a month later, they got the cow into the trailer. Well, a month a month later, the cow walked into the trailer of its own accord, is what it fucking sounds like. <laughs> it took a wrong turn by mistake. It was like, all right, if I go right, I'm going into the trailer, so i got to make sure I go left. Ah, oh, fuck. Quote, after a month-long project to try and capture the cow, it was finally lured into a trailer that they have placed on my property, Xavier said. 
It was quite the endeavour that involved cameras and trapdoors and many nighttime stakeouts from Dartmouth Animal Control. No, it didn't. <laughs> no, it didn't. I feel like it would be easier to see a black cow in the daytime. Maybe that's part of the issues. They've just been doing night stakeouts this uh, whole time. Yeah, in I the think field, that might be it. In ghillie suits. It's <laughs> waiting for this cow. <laughs> Oh. Subject acquired. Trap oh, no. doors. No, that's they, a bush. like, dug a trap that the cow's going to, like, fall into? Like, what's, well, what's I, going I, on here? I'm assuming it's something that they've set up to... So that, like, if they can get the cow to wander into the trailer, they can, like, automatically close the door behind it. That's how I'm taking it. Animal yeah. Control said the cow will stay at a Dartmouth farm temporarily before being executed by the state for its many crimes. Yep, that's definitely what it says. <laughs> no, it actually says, before moving to a permanent home and an animal sanctuary. Which is awesome to me. Like, they're just going to have a, a special pen just for the freedom cow. <laughs> the <laughs> don't tread on me cow. And yeah, after all of this, they're going to take it somewhere and then just let it out in a different field, you know? That cow deserves <laughs> its freedom. I love this cow very much. I love this story so much. Just because, like, every escaped animal story is like... You know, a terrifying, violent baboon escaped, and we got it within six hours. And, like this cow was just been free, <laughs> just walking for, like, around half a year. <laughs> I don't get what. Well, like, does something bad happen if the cow just cruises around in the woods and? I might get hit by sleeps? a car. Yeah, I don't know if you can road. just I have free cows. Yeah, I guess so. Although it sounds like it was just happy hanging out on this lady's property. It did do pretty good, didn't it? I feel like you could just have one or two loose cows, and that's that'll be good. Every that's town right. should have a couple of free cows. A couple of loose cows. A couple of cows just hanging out, you know? Everyone sort of takes it upon themselves to look after the cow. There's a social service. I love that. I'm going to start like, campaigning for Brisbane's cow. So you like, sound like a real cow munist right now. A, a communist. Yeah. Okay. Yep. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about cow. Cow. Mo- cow uh, yeah. I don't know if you can try and fit both of those. It's in there. hard. It's hard because as soon as you say mew, you've ruined the moo. Yeah. Part of of the very clever pun that you were doing. You know. Yeah. I got kids, so I'm allowed to say stuff like this. That's true. <laughs> this is very yep. true. Yep. And that's why I'm going to knock up some broad uh, to give myself license to do that. Yep, license to pun. It's pretty good. Uh, more often than not, though, you can just kind of insult your kids, and that's fine, too. <laughs> you can just <laughs> insult people about? that aren't your children. You can <laughs> like... insult other people's kids all the time. And I do. Uh, often in a quiet voice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, little shit, fuck you. Wait, do you say a quiet voice to them so their parents can't hear, or just, like, under your breath for your own benefit? Both are fine. Um <laughs> Yeah, as long as as long as nobody else is around, you can be like, "What's your deal?" And then they say, <laughs> yeah, "Just grabbing a hey, little kid by the hey, collar and being like, what's hey, your deal, little what's boy?'" What's up with you? What's your fucking thing? What's, what's your, your deal? fucking problem, huh? <laughs> what's your problem, Brayden? It's just Star Wars. Is that all you care about, Star Wars? Huh? <laughs> little fuck. Shit! Oh, coming! I'm I'm sending him in right now. <laughs> I'm like that man yelled at me, and the parents would be like, "No, he didn't." He what didn't. were you doing we wrong? We would have heard yelling. <laughs> I yell at people's kids, but I'm very sarcastic to them. 
Yeah. You sure are. <laughs> <laughs> sure are. You are so rude to other people's children, but they don't. They don't know. They don't know that you're being rude. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> what? Like, give me an example of something you would sarcastically say to somebody else's child. Uh, well, look. There's there's the there's the most basic one of all, which is uh, somebody's kid shows you something goofy that sucks, and you go, "Cool." <laughs> <laughs> But they don't know. They think that uh, it's cool. Oh, no. Look, it's simple. Don't bring your kids around me if they suck. That's all I'm saying. Uh, you if kids they're cool, better be... it's fine. Oh, you got dope kids? No worries. <laughs> okay. Kids fine. dope or what? I don't want kids <laughs> hey, um, with bad vibes around me. Just before the barbecue, I just want to check. Your mm. kids are like, like they're dope, right? Like they're, they're on it. Like they got their shit locked down. Like they're cool. <laughs> yeah. I got two questions. Do your kids fucking suck? And also, <laughs> is sarcasm a second language to them? <laughs> Do they have a shirt that says, sarcasm is one of the many services I provide? Yeah. Yeah. If so, don't bring them around. They're not going to enjoy this. Not going to enjoy this barbecue. We've got a lot of Nature Corner today. Yep. Here is an important press release from the University of Adelaide. Or as some people call it, Radelaide. No, I don't think that's true. You reckon anybody calls it that? No. Sarcastically, maybe. I wouldn't know. I don't understand sarcasm. Fish sex organs boosted under high CO2. Research from the University of Adelaide has found that some species of fish will have higher reproductive capacity because of larger sex organs under the more acidic oceans of the future. Nice. Nice. (laughs) Finally. Climate change given them fish big dicks. Climate change... Given big naturals. <laughs> so some fishies. <laughs> Who knows what sex organs means? We're going to look down in the ocean. There's going to be a trout with just <laughs> huge honkers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's weird that Mahi Mahi has big mummy milkers. That's fucking strange. What's going on there? Mahi Mahi indeed. Does <laughs> <laughs> hey, that whiting look like it's hanging dong? <laughs> Anybody else see that? <laughs> Damn, that barramundi is packing. <laughs> uh, what, this, what the next this... 10 minutes is just going to be li- us listing all the type of fish that we know. <laughs> um, do you think that that'll help with like fishing competitions when you do them by weight? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks to the extra one kilo from this massive dong, <laughs> really puts you over the edge. All fishes now weigh 100% more due to their body-sized dicks. Fish will also have testicles after this. They're just going to have our genitals, which is pretty cool when you think about it. Yeah, that is what this article says very explicitly. Fish are going to have big balls. Human (laughs) human genitals. We have large human penises. Published in PLOS Biology, researchers say that far from the negative effects expected under the elevated CO2 levels in our oceans predicted for the end of the century, these fish capitalize on changes to the underwater ecosystems to produce more sperm and eggs. Capitalize seems like such a, like they're describing this, an active decision. Just be like, wow, there's heaps of CO2 in here. I'm going to get a fucking big dick. (laughs) Big, big dick. Shoot a lot of ocean ropes. (laughs) They also look after them better, enhancing the chances of reproductive success. 
Quote, the warming oceans absorb about one-third of the additional CO2 being released into the atmosphere from carbon emissions, causing the oceans to acidify, says lead author Professor Ian Nagelkirchen. Okay, so I feel like you maybe got Nagelkirchen correct. His first name is Ivan. Ivan it Nagelkirchen. Sure Sorry, I was, I was distracted by reading ahead to the, <laughs> the next name. <laughs> Nagelkirchen. From the University's Environment Institute and Southern Seas Ecology Laboratories. Quote, we know that many species are negatively affected in their behavior and physiology by ocean acidification. But we found that this species of temperate fish, the common triple fin, uh, both males and females had larger gonads under conditions <laughs> of ocean acidification. I love it when a lady's got some big gonads. I don't know enough about biology to understand whether that's rare or not. Is that true of all fish? Uh, that they all maybe? got gonads? If you're a fish biologist that listens to this podcast, and I know there's at least one. <laughs> there's at least one of you. Please, please write, write in, in to me. Jesse. <laughs> Thank you. What the fuck? It's definitely been explained to me at some point, and I don't remember. I, I was actually going to try and work the paper that uh, he just got published into this episode, and then I, uh, I d- didn't actually end up reading it. Sorry, Jesse. Yes. I love you very much. Please read Jesse's fish paper. <laughs> Which I will link in the description. I will you? Sure, <laughs> it's free to read. It's very interesting if you enjoy fish science. I I am having my world rocked right now. Okay, by fish gonads. Well, by learning by learning that gonads means the male and female primary reproductive organs. Lucy, you have gonads. Oh no, I didn't think gonads meant balls. Did I you did. think gonads just meant big old balls? Yeah, I sort of meant like you know uh, the the uh, I feel like the only context I've ever heard it in was like oh just got kicked in the gonads. Wow, wow. this is I'm well this is more embarrassing for you because you're older than I am, but I'm, yeah. I'm fucking thirty and just learning that feels dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm even older. Yep. <laughs> gonads are the male and female primary reproductive organs. The male gonads are the testes, and the female gonads are the ovaries. Mm. I bet we sounded just not smart. Uh, If you also didn't know that gonads was kind of a catch-all, please write into mailbag at Punta Vista and offer me moral support. Probably don't. That'd be really embarrassing. Just uh, even if you didn't know, pretend that you did, so that and then make uh, us feel worse. Specifically, feels bad. No, I would prefer (laughs) you did the other way around. If you did know, pretend that you don't, and just just help me and my ego out. You know how, like, in I won't read your name out on the podcast. I'll just say (laughs) lots of people agreed. Yeah. In nearly every episode, at least once, we'll ask people to write in. It's something largely tongue-in-cheek, but we'll ask something hyper-specific. Sometimes we get answers, sometimes we don't. Do either of you happen to recall what this one that I'm about to read to you uh, could be about? <laughs> so it is from someone whose first name is you all hear about. Uh, last name is Come. Their email mm-hmm. address is you all hear about Come at gmail.com. <laughs> the subject line is you all hear about Come. <laughs> and the body text is, you'll hear about cum. <laughs> what? Hmm. Uh, we got um, that on Friday. Anyone know what that was in relation to? It's probably about cum. Mm. Were we speaking about... That doesn't sound like something no, we would we talk about that, on this no. podcast. It's a, one of those science podcasts for families. Yeah. Take take that sort of thing to a, a less grown-up podcast. Now, yeah. God, assuming disgusting. It's I assume it's a man as well, but maybe that's sexist of me. I could be wrong. <laughs> hey, ladies come too sometimes. 
Anyway, back to me learning about gonads <laughs> mm-hmm. live on the air. Sorry, Ben, just to clarify, were you saying that you also had the same understanding of the term yes. gonads as me Certainly. until two minutes ago? Uh, based entirely on... Uh, getting hit in the Getting gonads. kicked or hit or whatever in the gonads. Yeah, very much so. Also, just okay. to be clear, I don't think that fish have penetrative sex. <laughs> If that's something that you'll also be learning throughout this process. <laughs> <laughs> what, no, with, their, with they, their big human-looking penises? <laughs> I have a I very mean, specific now. visual in mind. And please, oh, no. They were like, wait a second, my dick's now big enough to... Oh. You <laughs> 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 just, like, swim down to, like, a highly acidic area of the ocean. Everyone's just getting sucked off. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> a fish have discovered sucking each other off. A fish logs onto the internet and there's a big ad that's like, want a bigger fish dick? <laughs> Doctors don't want you to know about the acidic part of the ocean. <laughs> They're all just starting like Bitcoin farms so they can create the most CO2 emissions they can so that they can acidify the oceans. 2021 is going to be the year of, of life. life. 2021 is the year of female fish swimming around and going, what the fuck? <laughs> what is that? Is that hey. Steve? I don't remember this. Steve, Steve, you look good. You're carrying yourself with more confidence as well. Yeah. Very strange. Thing you know. Swimming with style. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh-huh. <clears throat> So anyway, big gonads due to ocean acidification means increased egg and sperm production and therefore more offspring. And I assume Darwinism means that the dicks just get bigger from there. Yes. (laughs) The team used natural volcanic CO2 underwater seeps to compare ecosystems with the levels of CO2 that are predicted for the end of this century with fish communities living under today's normal levels of CO2. They found there were no negative effects of ocean acidification on the triple fins. The larger gonads did not come at a physiological cost. And that's pretty sweet. Yep. That's like not making them sink to the bottom or nothing along those no. lines. It's mainly a mental cost, I think. <laughs> it's upsetting to the ones whose dicks aren't as big. Just uh, imagine being, you're the one triple fin that didn't get bigger balls. <laughs> Again, yeah, it happened to all of us, right? (laughs) Yep. They can't see their own balls, obviously. they got no idea. Oh, no. Everyone laughing behind his back. (laughs) Poor guy. We found males were eating more. They showed intensified foraging on more abundant prey. Yeah, they got that BDE, you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. No. Okay. Uh, Which was more abundant because of the increased biomass of algae that grows under the elevated CO2. Says Professor Nagelkirchen. It's very, it's a very like Professor Frink uh, kind of name, isn't it? Yeah, like we're cutting to the wacky scientist Professor Nagelkirchen. What have you invented this week? Yeah, Professor Nagelkirchen. <laughs> that, that's, that's how I want to say it pretty much the whole time. The females, on the other hand, did not eat more. Well, they're trying to keep it tight for those big dick fish. Oh, no. <laughs> Please don't talk about fish keeping it tight. <laughs> yeah, all, all the female fish started dieting and putting on oh, makeup. This is awful. This is a horrible podcast. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> oh, oh it, it, Look, it's true. They instead reduced their activity levels to preserve energy. Mm. And then invested this in larger ovaries. I love investing in larger ovaries. It's an investment oh, in the future. That's true. The future of big-dicked fish. 
Oh, let me let me max out my ovary points on my character sheet. You know, <laughs> you know when you take all of your points off every other stat, put them all into ovaries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Take no my charisma, en- no energy. <laughs> yeah, energy down, stamina down, hit points down, ovaries slider all the way up, way up. Uh, we also found that there were more mature males under elevated CO two, and in this species, where it is the males that take care of the eggs. Whoa. That means we have more parents nurturing the egg nests, which could increase offspring. What an open-minded community. You know? Stay-at-home dads. Stay-at-home dads, big penises, everybody's ovaries getting huge. This is heaven. Getting me a trout boyfriend in 2021. (laughs) (laughs) The researchers found that other less dominant fish species did not show. Such an effect of reproductive output, perhaps due to their less competitive nature. Well, bottoms, you know, I see. Uh, you you don't see me at the bottom of the Mariana Trench. I don't see you at the bank. You know. <laughs> <laughs> These fish don't be hustling. Got to get their hustle on if you want huge ovaries. You want gigantic <laughs> ovaries straining at your abdominal <laughs> It's terrible. Quote, we think it likely that the triple fin and similar species will do very well under increased ocean acidification, says co-author Professor Sean Connell. That name, not funny. No. Not funny at Get all. a funnier name, Sean. No. I, can't do, I can't do anything with this name. The study shows that some more dominant species will be able to capitalize on changes to ecosystems under ocean acidification, increasing their population. So what we know now is that in like 50 years, the ocean will be just like thick with algae, jellyfish, and fish with big like tanuki balls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Grim stuff. We're, we're laughing, but this is, this is the start of like a planet of the fish type <laughs> scenario. <laughs> So it's exactly a planet of the apes, but fish have gained intelligence and also they have massive testicles. Well, the the monkey's got intelligence, but the fish, the fish have gained uh, big nuts and a winner's mindset. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like that these fish have to be hustlers in this scenario. (laughs) I feel like that's the most upsetting part. They're going out and getting after it, you know? They're getting that paper each and every day. That's right. No ocean too acidic for these guys to not achieve their goals. Absolutely. Well, I believe that's about it for us this week. Uh, we could maybe sneak in this next one because it's oh. quite quick. And okay. Trying to keep us on tight schedule here. I know you're I know, a busy right? man. I know that I you're hustling like a tight. like a huge testicled triple fin. I appreciate that. I just this one made me laugh a whole lot. Okay. Parenting corner from the Associated Press. <laughs> Police say a car thief who found a toddler in the back seat of a stolen vehicle drove back and chastised the mother for leaving the child unattended before taking off again, police in Oregon said. This is fucking awesome. It's so good. Just be like, haha, the perfect getaway. Looking in the rearview mirror, being like, oh, come that on. That's just uncalled for. That is not on. Come on, lady. <laughs> As you're like uh, wearing wearing a balaclava, sliding around a corner, firing a gun out of the driver's window, and you're like, "Whoa, that is really irresponsible, <laughs> lady." 
The woman went into a grocery store about 15 feet or five yards. Thanks, America. You fucking... Get it together. Just learn to measure stuff. How many centimeters is that? <sighs> ben, uh, Ben, do you, watch, do you watch any, like, American woodworking videos? Absolutely, I fucking do. I love it when they're like, oh, this is pretty easy. It should just be 17, 30 seconds of an inch. I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> I mean, you could just... Yeah, Millimeters, this, wonderful, wonderful thing that we have there. This one is 47 and 5 eighths of an inch. It's Fuck you. So stupid. Fuck you. Jesus Just learn Christ. to measure stuff. There's this uh, English woodworker. I really like watching his videos. Uh, Paul Sellers, he's like a cabinet maker, but he's been doing it for long enough that despite the fact that he's English, he still does everything in Imperial. <laughs> it's infuriating. Although he will always say the, the metric measurement at some point, but good Lord. Uh, my dad was saying recently that the blueprints for planes for a long time, like American ones, will have the ridiculous American measurements on them, but they essentially have to produce other sets of the plans with metrics so that, like, A, if anybody else comes to work on it, they can actually, you know, make things work. Uh, but also, I think even for Americans, if you're trying to assemble... Uh, pieces of things that actually need to stay together and it's like yeah oh that one's just seven seven twelfths seven twelfths <laughs> not a measurement come on uh 15 feet from the car the grocery store was leaving her four-year-old child inside with the engine running and the vehicle unlocked said beaverton police spokesman officer matt henderson a store employee told authorities the woman was in the market for a few minutes before someone began driving away with the SUV. Once the thief realized the toddler was in the back seat, he drove back, berated the woman for leaving her <laughs> child unattended, told the woman to take the child, and then drove away in the stolen vehicle. <laughs> so, it's so awesome. stupid. It's like, here's my face, I'm stealing your car. Take your kid out and think about what you've done. There's <laughs> <laughs> just something so good about just being like, and it's time for me to get back in your car. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. I'm still taking it. Peace. Quote, he actually lectured the mother for leaving the child in the car and threatened to call the police on her. <laughs> this is king shit. This is 100% oh. king shit. This is amazing. Henderson said the woman did nothing wrong. Well. Mm-mm. Questionable. Gonna have to mm-hmm. disagree on that one. And was within sight and sound of the child. Well, was she also within sight and sound of the person who stepped into the running unlocked car and drove it away? Yeah, I feel like if you don't notice that your car's being taken off, you maybe aren't able to keep an eye on your child who is inside that car. It's just... I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Bad parenting. You're supposed to roll the windows up as tight as you can, lock <laughs> the doors, mm-hmm. and then leave the kid in there. you got to lock your doors. If, if you, you leave if the engine running, that toddler could get in and drive that car away. And some four-year-olds would happily do that. That is true. Henderson said the woman did nothing wrong, was within sight and sound of the vehicle, and the child, I guess. He said the incident served as, quote, a good reminder to take extra precaution with children, or my suggestion is to take any precaution whatsoever. <laughs> like... <laughs> You'd probably take your kid into the shops. To just, I'm not going to tell you how to live your life, but I mean, like, you, you probably can. It's legal. It's legal to take your four-year-old into the grocery store. It's perfectly legal. Don't get me wrong. It can be, like, fucking annoying taking uh, very little kids into the grocery store. But also, you had them. You're kind of in charge of them now. That's right. You had them. You've got to take them with you everywhere. That's right. 
Maybe you should have uh, exercised the extra precaution of wearing a dang rubber, you know? Mm. Maybe oh, you should have joined no. the uh, child-free Reddit. <laughs> Holy fuck, this took a turn. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, let your kid get stolen, whatever. Obviously, we're thankful he bought the little one back and had the decency <laughs> to do that, Henderson said. Oh, man. <sighs> Good for that guy. Good for that guy. I hope he got to either keep or sell that car. There was um, a bunch of stuff at the end of this article where it described the person that did it and uh, asked for any help in uh, his arrest. And uh, no. Not on this podcast, <laughs> baby. Not on this fucking podcast. Also, he has a great excuse. He can just come back and be like, actually, I was doing it to teach you a lesson. Yeah. I know. I you was were on my TV ethically show. Ethically hacking that car. <laughs> was doing, doing ethical car theft. That's ethically right. hacking your baby. oh boy well thanks everybody for stopping by and listening um i guess you're just going to be thinking about fish penises for the rest of the day right yep just picturing picturing it big fish please don't write in about fish biology no Uh, don't we know enough to know that we're wrong but not enough to know what the correct situation is and we don't want to learn it to know that a fish does not have both big naturals and a big dick in the future, near don't future. Tell us. Nothing's going to beat the power of my imagination, so don't try. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, and we will catch you next week or on a bonus episode. If you sign up for the old Patreon, you get the bonus episodes. How about that? Have more of this. Have more.